started. All right, welcome back to the show. I'm Dianesh. And I'm Steven. I'm Trad. And this is special. You're the first time, you're the first guest we've had with two hosts. Yeah, I feel pretty special. Don't let it get to your head. It's already to his head. Yeah, I've already been drinking. We're good. Ready to go. Do you want to introduce the question? Yeah, so the question is, why do you think people want to feel loved? Like, in a romantic sense, why does everyone feel the need to be known? And before you answer, why this question? What? This question comes from a lot of things. <laughs> like, I, I don't know what, you, like, the specific... Was there a moment, like, you're watching TV and you're like, oh... This is a good question. Yeah, I've seen a couple like YouTube essays about this recently, and then we were talking earlier that um, somebody I was at a camp with recently uh, talked about this. I don't think I got to tell you about that actually. You like mentioned it to me earlier today, but yeah, what is it? So I was at a camp with somebody, and they were saying that they like will never understand the concept of love because it's just like too late. Like they're like twenty two. They've, like, never been on a date because their life has, like, been controlled by outside things. And so they feel like it's too late for them to, like, have an emotional connection. And they, like, weren't upset, like, at all. Like, it made me wonder if, like, why do people want to feel that? Because this person is, like, totally fine. It's like, oh, yeah, I just, like, will never be in love. Like, just not for me. So. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, I don't know why people need to feel or have to feel like love from like a romantic sense um i think it like stems from like this like the feeling of being wanted or being like somebody that you can go back home to and talk to i don't know if it's actually like love so do you think it's more of a social desire than a biological one in in that definition of love um yes and no I don't know, I think there's definitely, like, a biological, like, we know that humans are, like, social creatures, and, like, they kind of need that, like, social aspect. So I think that, like, plays a part in it, but I don't know if it's something that people, like, need. Yeah. People want it, for sure. Yeah. Is it contextual? Because, like you said, uh, somebody to come home to, but, like... Don't you think I? I feel like most people want someone to like know them, like absolutely. Who they really are. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was in the um, you in sent me a video. video. Yeah, yeah, you sent me a video the other day that talked about talked about that, which is pretty crazy. Um, I don't know. I think like wanting or tr- wanting to know somebody and for somebody to know you back is it's a it's a weird thing because like you're giving it like all. But, like, I got it. So, I was on TikTok the other day, and I saw this uh, thing. I think it's actually like, it was like, a, I don't know who it was. It, was, it wasn't from 21 Savage, but it was about 21 Savage. And he had this quote, and it was like, I don't want to be loved. I want to have loyalty because love is just a feeling, but you can love somebody and still stab them in the back. Mm. I think Abraham Lincoln might have said that. Was it like Abraham Lincoln? <laughs> yeah, back in. Um, 2019. I watched 19. 21 Savage say that, so that's oh, where I'm getting okay, my okay. reference. I don't know where it actually came from. I just At the end of the video, he was like, Abraham Lincoln. Exactly. <laughs> it was in like little asterisk down below. But, um, 
Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I think there's definitely something to be said about the strength of a mental connection mm-hmm. over, uh, I guess, like impulsive desire of love. Yeah. There's, there's like two different types of loves too. You're talking on like a romantic sense. You know what I mean? Like there's people like- You think there's I, two? Yeah, I love my family. I don't think of them that way. I love my friends. Like I would like do a lot of things for them that mm-hmm. like I wouldn't do for other people, like random people. But there's also like a romantic type of love that I think is, you know, desired beyond that. A lot of people still feel lonely even though they have family and friends. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's where it comes from. Interesting. You think there's two? What do you think there's two or more? I thought there was more, not one. Yeah. Really? What, what types of love do you think there are? This is going to sound very cheesy, but like love of the sport. You know, there are other things that you can really, like, invest yourself in, your own time, which leads to, like, vulnerabilities. There are different, like, options, I think, you know? Different ways to pour yourself out there. Agreed. I think think I've always felt there's just one. You just experience it differently. Ah. So, like, mm. if it's, like, romantic, you just experience it on a level where it's, like, I think wh- when it's romantic, we make it more about us than, like, not. Definitely. Because, yeah. like, with family, it's, like, instinctual because for a lot of people, it's, like, oh, I live with this person. And there's, like, the, there's a psychological rule that the more you see someone, the more you like them. Mm-hmm. Whereas with, like, a romantic relationship, you expect them to do certain things for you because like you're in love yeah so it's just like a different way of looking at it which i feel like leads to a lot of problems so my favorite podcast like ever is philosophize this and one of the episodes besides this podcast besides this my second favorite podcast (laughs) there's an episode on insecurity and he has this part in it where he talks about once you become someone in a relationship from a guy's perspective, you would say, oh, I love you. I, You know, from anyone's perspective, I love this person, this other person. But as soon as, like, we're dating, you now should no longer interact with anyone that you could potentially be invested in yeah. or like more than me. Mm-hmm. But I do want everything for you. Right. And, you know, and, like, the um, irony in that where you become so like afraid of losing what you have you don't value what you have yeah you know there's you know the song uh i would do anything for love yeah there was this there i don't i can't remember what the company was but there's this company that had a commercial where it was like that song but after the chorus every time it's like but i wouldn't do that like that was like the tagline of it uh-huh and that's like a <laughs> lot of people in love they're like oh i do anything but, like, if you add that person back on Snap, like, we're done. Like, a lot of people are, like, on yeah. that level. Which I feel like is becomes, like, obsessive more than, like, actually in love. Yeah, we're, exactly. Well, we were talking about that, like, not too long ago. Like, the difference between, like, love and obsession. Mm-hmm. And the healthy balance between it. Yeah. Yeah. Are you obsessed with that person? Are you in love with them? Is it both? Yeah. What's better? 
Would you rather someone really want to be around you or with you? Or would you rather someone be in love but lack that, like, noticeable desire? Hmm. But you know they're in love. That's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like obsession a lot of times comes before you are even in a relationship. Like, yeah. So many people I've met are obsessed with the idea of being with someone because they don't know that person that much. Mm-hmm. It's just in their imagination. Oh, this is how it would go down. Or yeah. And then when you actually, like, you know, finally the, the guy or girl or whatever says yes, then you go on, like, the first date and you're like, oh, like, this person's not at all what I thought. Like, And I think that's where that thing you were saying comes from, where it's, okay, I know I love you, but I love what I've already drawn about you and what I know you already are. Yeah. So if you do step out of bounds by adding that other person on Snapchat, right. then you're definitely not the person I thought you were. And there's no love. You know, there's this weird... Mm, that's crazy. I always, <laughs> I always thought weddings were so funny because um, there's like the... Uh, I mean, I can't think of what they're called, but it's like... Ceremony. Kidding. <laughs> there's only one of those. Dude, that's a reception, bro. But like there's... Where it's like, love you in sickness and in health or whatever. The, vows. The vows, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's always so funny to me that it's love you in sickness and in health. Because like, in reality, what actually happens is like, I won't love you in like, when we have a kid. Or I won't love you in when like, an attractive person moves next door. And like, <laughs> you guys are talking when you're getting the mail. We go yeah. to the extreme, because that seems more reasonable. That like... Oh, when somebody's sick, I would take care of them. Mm-hmm. But when they're healthy, I'm like upset by like every little thing that they do because we want it to be like about us and not about them. In the movie Five Hundred Days of Summer, at the very end, this guy's talking about all of the like greeting cards that they give out. That's his job. He writes greeting cards, mm-hmm. and he reads one, and it's like, "Congratulations on your baby," and he says, "Isn't that great?" Well, congratulations on your baby. Guess that's it for hanging out. Yeah, that should be what we're putting out. That's kind of the same thing, you know. It's choosing to say something to do like the opposite of desensitizing you, you know, so that yeah. the expectation is so high that you maybe will feel it more because of that. So okay, that was your interesting question. So Trad, what do you think of marriage, and what do you think of marriage? Not as like as in like <laughs> a like as an institution, but like for yourself. <laughs> Um, I think I have, like, a different take on it than a lot of people, and that's because I'm from a, a place where, like, it's very common to, like, get married at a young age. Right. Um, I mean, for example, like, my three best friends, like, from back in my hometown are all either engaged or married by now, and we're, like, 22, 23. One of them has a kid. Um... And it's great. Like, I love them to death. Like, everything is fine. But, like, it just puts pressure on, like, a lot of people from that area to do that. Mm-hmm. I almost see marriage as, like, it's something that, like, you should only do once. In my thing, like, I want to get married, like, once. I don't know. That's my belief right now. I think it could change, definitely. Mm-hmm. But I also don't want to get married soon. <laughs> like, <I> really, <laughs> the pressure is, like... It's so weird, like, the dynamic from, like, where we're at school and then going back home is, like, just two different worlds. So I feel, like, a very large pressure around relationships, love, and marriage when I'm back home compared to when I'm here. 
So mm-hmm. I think if you asked me, like, at different times of, like, where I was at, I would change my answer. Yeah, you don't come back from class to your wife yeah, here. Yeah, no. Yeah. I come back and, like, <laughs> prepare for, like, the party that we're about to have. But I feel like there's also <laughs> a weird pressure, like, just in the United States, where it's, like, if you haven't found someone by the time you graduate, maybe that's it. Like, I feel like there is that weird pressure in the United States that you, like, better find someone like within like five years of graduating college. I agree. If you yeah. if you wait until you're in your career, you will be single. You know, as far as like all movies go. No, absolutely. Like I think it's like a big like fear of mine too. Is like I'm in my last my, I'm in my last year of school. Like I I'm not dating anybody. I'm not serious with anybody. It's like that's after this, it's gonna be hard to find people like my age. And, you know, maybe they're, like, have similar lives or starting their career. Like, a lot of people are going to either be mm-hmm. married and divorced, have kids, which is all, like, fine. But, like, it's not going to be as easy as it would be in college, you know what I mean? Or in school. It's interesting because we have a lot of friends who are not from the United States. And, like, in other countries, like, it is shown how much that's just the dynamic in our country. Like, we were just speaking uh, last week, um, me and Denise went to Yellowstone with some, some people from from, like, Italy and Spain, and they were saying that in their country, like, in Italy and Spain, they don't date until they're, like, 26, 27. And that's, like, not even a concern. Mm. Like, you know, like, one of the people from Italy was telling me that you don't even consider dating, like, a thing until you're, like, 24. Serious dating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's, like, you would never get married there until you're, like, almost 30. Yeah. Whereas here, if, like, you're, like, 30 and you start dating, it's, like, my condolences... Mm-hmm. Like I'll be praying for you. It's like, it's so weird that there's like that expectation. Do you yeah. do you think it's detrimental to get married too early or too late? Like, aside from the emotional impact, is there one in society like financially? Is it detrimental to get married too early or too late? I mean, I think it just kind of depends on everybody. Um, personally i think like it could because if you start if you you know get married and start having kids before let's say you graduate college that might force people out of college out of their careers maybe to do something else that doesn't mean that they might be making less money they could be making more it Mm -hmm. just it changes people's paths yeah which is you know for the better or for the worse we don't who knows that's all in their situation i feel like it's detrimental to think that you should get married before or after college or whatever. I think it's detrimental yeah. to, like, consider that in, like, a pressurative way. Because I do think that there are people who are, like, oh, well, college is ending now, and there's this person who, like, may or may not like me, so I guess we'll just get married because, like, that's, like, the societal pressure. We're in the time of our lives to be getting married. Yeah. yeah. Which I think is why the divorce rate is so high, is that there are, like, a lot of people who are, like, oh, I met this person, and they, like, kind of want to date, so... You know, might as well just settle down. I hate that word, settle down, because it starts with settle. Yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. do not like that word at all. So, I don't that kind of, like, what do you think about marriage in that sense? Because you're talking about, like, divorce rate. Does that, like, scare you at all? Do you want to get married? I think that, so I don't want to get married, mm. as in the sense of, like, right now, I'm not like, oh, getting married would be, like, great. But I am, like, not against the idea of, like, one day if the person wanted to get married for, you know, like, okay, we're sharing, like, financials or, like, maybe to have kids or something. I'm not, like, against the idea, but I in no way feel, like, pressured 
to get married. Yeah, and I agree. I don't. Yeah, I don't want to get married, as in like something to check off the list. Yeah, but I do want to want to get married. Mm-hmm. You know the feeling and excitement of like committing and starting that life with someone. You know, it's not really about the like officialness of it but like the sentiment of it i do want to feel do you think that's like love or do you think that's like loyalty that's the thing i think i want it to come out of love rather than loyalty because i think that follows when you're in love you think loyalty follows when you're in love yeah well i feel like they're kind of ideally hand in hand i ideally correct I think that that's like for 50% of the population, it's not, or at least in the United States, like what, we have like a 50-something percent divorce rate? Yeah, Apparently well, love doesn't mean loyalty. Do you think the both of time. are present in the beginning of all relationships? You know, I don't feel Absolutely like... Absolutely not. I feel like so many relationships are circumstantial mm-hmm. and situational that there are reasons people chose to get together and always reasons people choose not to later in life yeah you know i i want the situation where it works out perfectly you know but i don't care to like make it that way i don't want to just say i have it if i don't Mm -hmm. that's what i mean i want to actually feel it and then i'll i'll want to do it yeah, that, that's the thing is, like, I wouldn't get married. It's, it's, like, sentiment of love. I don't even consider weddings a sentiment of love because it's just, like, nowadays so many people, like, live with each other, which did not happen as much, you know, like, in our parents' generation. Like, you didn't live with your boyfriend and girlfriend as much. So, like, the financial thing about marriage in the U.S. doesn't really change that much, I feel like, other than, obviously, mm-hmm. you're fighting mm-hmm. your taxes, like, as a dual person or whatever, but... I feel like if I were to get married, it would more of just be, like, a celebration of, like, we have decided to, like, be together forever. But it wouldn't be, like, a, like, oh, I didn't know if I like this person. Now I'm deciding I, like, <laughs> like this person. Yeah. It would just be, like, it would really just be, like, a party that had more purpose than before <laughs> most of my parties. <laughs> oh, jeez. I feel like it's yeah. what it would be, like. I think that's how it should be. Um... It, like, scares me, especially, like, t- like you said, in our generation, today's, like, I guess younger younger people, younger, young adults, but, like, we have people that I know that have, like, talk about, like, cheating on somebody to know if you're in love with the other person. Mm. And that's, like, a very scary thought to that's me. That's a terrifying thought. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be, like, dating somebody and, like... There's like, yeah, so like I cheated on you, but like it's good because I found out that like I did care about you when I did that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. I know people. I've like seen it. I think that the thing is with social media, there's so many um, opinions out there about how your relationship should be that you can convince yourself of anything and that anything is like, okay. Like, yeah. I feel like there is so many commentaries of, like, oh, well, like, if you're cheating on someone, but it's for this reason, it's mm-hmm. not even cheating at all. Yeah. Like, that is, like, very much, like, a part of our generation, which, like, especially being in college, like, 
we see so much of that. Um, I can give you like a worse example. <laughs> a worse example that I've heard, which is um, obviously like I, I don't think either of you have met this person, but somebody that I've met at university was like, "Yeah, I am going to marry my boyfriend." This was we were been sophomores in college, and she's like, "Yeah, I'm going to marry my boyfriend," but I like want to experience sex with other people first because I've only had sex with my boyfriend. So they went on like a break, and what they meant by a break was like I'm having sex with like. 30 other people in like three months and then they got engaged immediately after the three months like as soon as they got back together they got engaged <laughs> and like I'm gonna be at their wedding like I got an invitation and like I'm just like I cannot be there like <laughs> I, I cannot be there but that's like a common thing they both convinced themselves that it was super normal mm-hmm. like it's funny in the TV show Bojack Horseman one of the main characters is getting married and his fiance uh, finds out that he cheated on her. And so she's like, well, in order for our marriage to be fair, I have to sleep with somebody else outside of our marriage. Exactly, yeah. And he's like, oh, okay. And then she like sleeps with somebody else. And she's like, well, I didn't have an emotional connection with them. So I have to keep sleeping with other people until mm. I have an emotional connection with them from the one night stand. And there's like this line that's like very tongue in cheek where he's like, I guess in order to save our marriage, you'll just have to sleep with as many people as possible until you develop an emotional connection. It's like, there are people who can convince themselves of things like that because there's always somebody who agrees with you. Mm-hmm. In the world of social media, there's always somebody who agrees with you. And you don't even have to look that hard. They just, like, exist. That's a scary thought, you know, because if you consider, like, I've always thought it was weird when parents, mine included, tell their kids, oh, that looks great. Your drawing is so nice. Wow, you're so good at this sport. You're so smart. But, like, if everyone else is like, really? And the kid themselves is like, really? I feel like it doesn't do so much good to get that reinforcement for ideas that you might even be conflicted on Mm. you know if you let that positive reinforcement get to your head on something that you weren't confident in or if you're given confidence for something that you might not be passionate about it might drive you towards things that you don't really agree with you know Mm -hmm. and i think the reinforcement from social media can turn like the thoughts people try to ignore into like realizations yeah the hard part of that is like you almost just start like a negative like chain reaction when it comes to other people's feelings because there are always gonna be people that was like yeah you gotta like cheat to know that you're in love with somebody and then the next person you know the person that you hurt doing that is gonna be like okay well like the bojack horseman i gotta now cheat to do right that. And then it's just like a never-ending spiral of like who has like the next step on like their partner. Mm-hmm. That's the thing is that like all the negative reinforcement becomes so so many people that I know now are so spiteful in their relationships. They like want to upset the other person because of something they've done, which is yeah. like crazy. And it's because like they'll you know look at social media and it's like it'll be like that where it's like oh my boyfriend cheated on me I like set his car on fire and everybody in the comments is just like you go yeah you go girl like bad girl summer like way to kill it 
So like that's just the vibe that's created. I also think that music actually plays a huge deal in it. Yeah. Well, before we do get to music, because we should definitely talk about that. Do you believe that like fairness and equality in like an ethical sense should always take precedence? You know, like she cheated in Bojack Horseman, or he cheated, and then she cheated. Mm-hmm. I feel like the two wrongs don't make a right applies yeah, to I, a lot of things that we don't let it apply to. Personally, I think that if somebody in a relationship cheats, it like has to end the relationship. Because I think that there are some things that you never... Even if you've convinced yourself in your head that you forgot about it or, you know, mm-hmm. forgiven it or whatever, you, like, really haven't. Yeah. It's, man. like, always in the back of your head to some extent. There's that saying, once a cheater, always a cheater, you know? The, like, the very fact that that statement exists shows that that guy did not get over it. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I feel like you never actually forget about it. And I feel like... The thing is, you try so hard to convince yourself you have, and you become, like, apathetic, like, about yourself. And mm-hmm. I feel like in situations like that, social media keep it going, yeah. you know? So you thought you would forget about it, and then three months later, someone texts you, hey, how you doing about this? Yeah. And then you're right back there. As we often <laughs> reference film... There's a, a Amy Adams movie that came out this year called Woman in the Window. And it's a, a remake of Rear Window. So she sees, like, somebody across the street uh, get murdered, like, in the window. And she has, and I forget what it's called, but she has the phobia of the outdoors. So she cannot step outside to, like, call the police or yeah. contact anybody. Does she not have a phone? She does, but, like, she's on medication for the phobia, so everybody, like, doesn't believe her. Gotcha. In the whole movie, she seems to be getting, like, more and more... Um, Insane, and in the movie, it's like very smart because each morning she wakes up, she calls her husband, who she's divorced from, and then he has her child because she has like the phobia, or whatever, and they talk on the phone. And the whole like movie, she gets like y- you think that the person across the street is trying to like frame her, like they've kind of like got her on the ropes, and like oh she's crazy, so like whatever. And the movie, in the movie, you find out that um, she has hallucinated everything that's happened in the movie, and the reason why is because. A few days before she witnessed um, the murder, her husband had found out that she had been sleeping with her therapist for years. And while they were in the car with their child, the person that she had been sleeping with calls her on the phone. And her husband and her get an argument, and he, like, knocks the phone on the ground. And she's, like, upset at him for being upset that she cheated on him. And she, like, goes to grab the phone, and when she goes to grab the phone, like, a deer comes out in front of the car, and she swerves it, and it, the husband and the child both die. And the guilt of that allows mm. her to convince herself that she never cheated on her husband, and, and they were just separated. Mm-hmm. And then, like, it just spirals into, like, convincing herself, like, the world is out to get me, like, going outside is dangerous, like, people across the street are evil. And so there's this moment where, like, she... um uh, she finds out like the only way to convince the police is be like oh I told my husband this seven days ago he can be a witness whatever the police are like your husband died six months ago mm-hmm. like you were like distracted driving a car and it's like crazy because the whole thing comes back to just like one mistake by her but I feel like we do spiral that into like 
we make one mistake in relationship and then we spend like the rest of our life trying to like justify it in some way yeah absolutely since we do always discuss film <laughs> right i recently rewatched the movie good night mommy mm-hmm. and it's there are so many parallels yeah. it's like amazing <laughs> yeah so the mom has two sons and it's just them three living in this house kind of on a farmland away from everyone else mm-hmm. and she completely ignores and neglects one of the two sons she also recently had like a facial reconstruction surgery after an accident so her face is for the most part always bandaged up the sons have this idea that the woman taking care of them is not their mother and that it's some other woman and so they progressively start trying to figure it out and it ends up with them trying to like torture a conviction out of her but at the end of the movie you find out that there is only one son and there was an accident that killed that son's brother in the past and so in order for him to cope he pretends that brother's still alive and he asks, the last thing he asks the mom is, what's my brother doing right now? And she says, I can't see him. You know I can't. And that's, like, crazy, you know, that the son could do so much and have so many ideas that another person is alive when they're not. Yeah. You know, I've never had a conversation and wondered, is this person actually alive, you know? Is this person actually a person talking to me? Mm-hmm. Maybe you're hallucinating. Exactly. That's <laughs> that's the interesting part of it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like guilt is, like, the strongest of, like... I don't even know if it's an emotion, but, like, it has the strongest emotional reaction, especially in a relationship, because... Mm-hmm. Not only do you feel bad because, like, you... That person knows you, but you know that person. So, like, you know, you know, like, exactly, like, what you've done to that person, basically. And that goes back to, like, the strong desire of wanting to know someone and wanting them to know you. You know, it's seeing something you did not want to know about that person, you know, that they could, like, cheat. Yeah. So, the lesson here is just don't do that. (laughs) Just do not do that. You know, they say that a lot of people, they say, well, they say that men cheat out of, um, like, physical desire, and women cheat out of, like, emotional desire. Mm-hmm. Do you guys, what do you, do you guys think that emotional cheating is worse than physical cheating? So this is, let me explain, let me preface this. <laughs> in my AP psychology class, like, like, four years ago in high school, my teacher, I almost called a professor, like we, we were just talking about we a professor now. Teacher. My teacher would always ask a super uncomfortable question at the beginning of the class to kind of like loosen up, like, like we're going to get into a awkward conversation. Mm-hmm. And I remember on the very first day of class, she was just like, so how many of you have cheated on your single mother? We're like seniors in high school, right? <laughs> and then she goes, she was uh, like in like coaches and stuff like that and like she taught other classes as well and she's like, I know if some of you were like if some of you lie, like I'll know. Oh my like, god! Like I know, like what's going down? And we're just like, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. And then she asked, she was like, 
is it better to or is it like worse to emotionally cheat on someone or to physically cheat on someone and she was like guys raise your hand first and for physically cheat on somebody every guy in the class raise your hand and then for emotionally cheat on somebody every girl raise their hand and I thought that was like absolutely crazy what's like how would you define emotional cheating like you're not giving me enough of this relationship so I'm gonna go find it somewhere else like it's like if you're like flirting with somebody else like on a consistent bit like you're openly discussing to somebody else that you have emotions for them mm, okay like if somebody else like while you're married was like I like you and you're like I like you too like you start like discussing mm-hmm. that, basically and every girl raised their hand that that was way worse than like if they're like soon other had sex with like another woman what do you guys think like, either way, I would just leave the person. Yeah, as you I, should. I agree, I think. I think emotional cheating in that sense... Really? ...is worse. Because a physical cheating could happen more spontaneously and without any, like, premeditation. And, like, being in college... Like, within, <laughs> yeah. like, six months of being in college, you realize that, like, sex has, like, no meaning to a lot of people in college. Yeah. yeah it's just everywhere. It just, like, literally just happens. Like, hugs in high school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it just, people, it means absolutely nothing to some people. I mean, I agree with you, Stephen. Like, obviously, any cheating, like, just not going to work. Like, it's done. But I would almost say, like, physical's worse. Because the mindset of the person is just, like... Wow, that person's attractive. Is that what you're saying? That's n- that that <laughs> is a preconceived notion though, because like you don't know that the person was cheating because they thought that person was more physically attractive than you. Like with that connotation, it's like, "Oh, they might they didn't even know the person. They're just like, "Wow, that dude's super hot. Like, mm-hmm. I want to have sex with him." Whereas, like, in most situations, the woman knows the man that they're cheating with mm-hmm. and have known him for, like, a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, it does come out of, like, I know this person. Physically or, or emo- emotionally? Just, like, intellectually. Like, yeah. I have known this person for yeah. a while. Like, when women cheat on their significant other, it's almost never somebody they just met. Even, like, if it's emotional or physical, it's almost Most never. of the time, yeah. Yes, I'm most sorry. of the time. <laughs> no, we're not <laughs> classifying everybody. So, like, it's not, like, you, usually it's not just to, like, wow, this person is more attractive than my husband. Or mm-hmm. So, what's, like, physical, like, cheating, then? It having is having sex, but it's, yeah. like... Oh, so you're saying that... Okay, I got what you're saying. So, physical cheating is, like, sex. Emotional cheating is, like, building a connection with somebody else. Like, in that sense, that you're saying? Yeah, but you're saying, like, like it's, worse yeah. because, it's worse because, like, oh, they're like, oh, this person is more attractive. They could have not even thought they got were attractive. You. Yeah. They got you. I was seeing it in, like, a different mm. sense. Yeah, they just, like, knew them. Yeah. Like, it's funny because when you read about it, a lot of times the woman just, like, knows a guy. And she was like, well, me and my husband are arguing, so. <laughs> it's, like, it's often, when it's physical, it has nothing to do with, like. Gotcha. Like, actual attraction. Just yeah. measuring, yeah, you look better than this person. Yeah. Okay. So, do you say, re- re- say physical attraction? Or, um, like, physical cheating, I mean? Gosh, that's hard. I Yes, I think physical, still. Just because... Before you, like, it happens, you know what's happening. And I think, like... In a sense, I think emotional... Sometimes emotional cheating can take longer. And people don't realize it until it's, like... Oh, 
like okay now I'm like cheating or like you know something like that yeah but I think physical is just like you know yeah my husband and then well yeah now not my husband because you know it's just like an instant like thought that could change something yeah and I think that's like almost worse that you could just like forget about it that easy instead of like you know you know a weird statistic first statistic got it 50% of the people in the world are above the average, like, look above average. Mm-hmm. Like attraction-wise? Yeah. Yeah. Or have a, a voice that's above average. 50%. What's an average voice? Well, it's based off, like, what other people <laughs> yeah. say. Like, <laughs> yeah. Saying. I just... But that's crazy. Do you feel like... What do you feel like you're above or below in the 50% category? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. What what are the... Is it just like looks and voice? Like well, it's everything. Or... It's literally everything. 50% are above average, right? Mm. Mm. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to say yes. I'm not above average in any of them. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to say I'm like... If if it was like a ranking... Yeah. Like, like people... Like 50% of people are above 50 out of 100. Mm-hmm. I'm like 49 and three quarters. <laughs> 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 That's interesting. I, I, yeah, feel like I'm pretty average across the board. Yeah. But, you know, if everyone thought that, there wouldn't be a... Wouldn't That's be the thing. That's not, the thing. Not everybody thinks that, though. Like, I know there's some people, or some, some people guys, like, that'd be like, yeah, I'd probably be in the top 1% <laughs> <laughs> as they, like, shock on a beer and, like, are wearing a jersey. That's like, right. They're like, I'm a natural at everything, yeah. actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. What I where I thought you were gonna go with that is like they're gonna say fifty percent of people are above average. So like your significant other could cheat with fifty percent out of other people basically. Oh jeez. I was gonna be like, that is a horrifying thought. No. Like don't think about that. <laughs> I wonder what, um, like, was pulled to decide what looks above average. It's different across, like, cultures and regions, right? I think it's... It's, like, quite different. It's all opinionated, though. Oh, for sure. But if you grow up in a community, the Mm -hmm. community grows to favor certain things. Mm -hmm. Fair. You know, so there might be the community of the state of California, but there's also the community of the West Coast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And beyond that, America, beyond that... Or Northern America. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I do think it changes, but globally there must be an average person. Average Imagine person. being the middle person. <laughs> like the like, average of average people. <laughs> they like show a stock photo of a guy and they're like, this is the guy. <laughs> it's just like me holding up like a mugshot and it's just like smiling. <laughs> What's the opposite of, not the opposite. What's the male equivalent to Jane Doe? Do you know? Jane Doe is just like an unnamed random. It was John Doe? John Doe, thank you. It was on the tip of my tongue. John Doe. It's just John Doe. Those are the. It's world just like the average most average name. It's like when they're like Ben Thompson or something like that. <laughs> yeah. It's like right. You know, I saw something. There's never going to be an increase in the number of people older than you. 
that. Don't think about that. Oh my god. Isn't that like stomach turning? <laughs> just to like be able to put that in your head. Yeah. Well, people. Yeah. So wait, you said an increase. There will never be more people yeah, okay. older than you than there currently are. That's like the shower thoughts that like keep people up at night. That's like what that is. Yeah. So Dude, when you things lesser than that keep me up at night. <laughs> like I'll be thinking yeah. about like what I had for dinner. And be like, God, that was so good. I don't know. Ant Man and a wasp. Yeah. He fought a wasp. <laughs> a <whole> wasp. <laughs> so, anyways, when you think of that statistic or the one about fifty percent of people being above average. Yeah. In your head. Is there, like, an image, a picture you see? How do you keep thoughts that are, like, abstract like that? Because when I said the one about... See, now I'm spacing. But what was the last one I said? People, you know, there will only be an increase in people older than you. Yeah, I saw, like, a bar graph very up close. It wasn't like I could see the entire graph. I just saw the bars, and I was like, oh, it's a bar graph. That's just the image that I associate with that thought. Mm. But it doesn't make sense. So what are your guys' ways of thinking? I don't know. I mean, like, when you said well, that, I was just, like, thinking about, like... When you say okay, I'll I, try I thought of, like, my parents' generation. Like, obviously, like... What do you mean? <laughs> you played the movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I So like, according to the movie, no. Exactly. <laughs> like, my parents' generation, time. like... There's not going to be a new my parents' generation. So in your head, you saw your parents? Yeah, 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 yeah. I just see like imagery of like obviously there's not going to be new people in that generation. Okay. Like a new person that's born is younger. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I just saw it like a shit ton of old people. I don't know why. It's just stock photos. So stock literally, photo I th- well when you said bar graph, I immediately thought of like if I'm like a person in the bar graph, right? Let's just say there's like a stick figure in the bar graph uh-huh. for some reason. When you're bored. What fucking bar graph? <laughs> shut up, shut up. This is what I thought of. In like college, me, you learn how to think freely. I th- mm. Yeah, this is critical thinking. This is what four years of tuition bought me. So I think of like a stick figure in the middle. And then when you're born, the oldest, like the old bar graph <laughs> is like all the way up. Uh-huh. And there's nothing on the young. But as like you go through life, I get... Shifts. It's moving? What type of fucking bar graph is this? It doesn't shift. You sh- Yeah, I see it what you're saying. Yeah, I see what saying. Just, but that's what I th- that's what I thought yeah. of though. I just thought of like yeah. it doing that instead of like but I, I know what you're saying. It doesn't really okay, change. So picture a red kickball. Mm. Okay, keep yeah. it in your head. Yeah. Get as much just visualization. No, I never played kickball. Can you... Okay, so you don't... You can't imagine the texture of that ball. No. I Yeah, I see. Can you see the ball? Yeah. Is and it... you don't know what the ball smells like. You can't imagine that. Right. That's interesting. That's interesting. Because if you told me to picture a baseball that I probably held in my hands ten times, I feel like I could imagine what it smells like. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's interesting, like, there are different levels of visualization. Oh, yeah, I understand. When it comes to things, yeah. How detailed is your kickball? Do I see, like, little, like, squares in, like, the, mm-hmm. you know, like, the little rubber? But I don't know. I didn't play a lot of kickball growing up either. But, like, oh, me I feel either. Like, it was not my sport. Yeah, but I feel like I've picked up, like, it a few times that I know of, like, like the graining in it and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I can I feel it. I feel it in my soul. I didn't know kickball was, like, actually played. Like, you played this in, like, school? No. Elementary school? <laughs> like, Elementary yeah. school or handball? 
Wall ball. Foursquare. Foursquare. Let's oh, not forget four that sport. Foursquare. Oh, I have gosh. played foursquare. I played foursquare in the air. I literally played foursquare like, last wait. week. What does that mean? With PVC pipes. Okay, you're going to have to... <laughs> like volleyball? Like you hit over the PVC pipes? No, four you build four squares out of PVC pipes, and then each person stands in a square, and you have to hit it over the PVC pipes yeah, like into volleyball. the next square. Wow. But it's four, It's not a court. It's yeah. four like actual squares, mm-hmm. and each person is by themselves. Gotcha. So there's four people in a square, and you're your own team. Oh, know? interesting. So we used to play that um, at this like just like youth thing that I went to all the time. And there's four square and then nine square, Whoa. which is like crazy. Nine square is like very hard. Like <laughs> who's very, the middle person? I feel bad for them. you. Have to yeah. win in every square yeah. all the way around, and then get in to get in the middle. Oh, Gosh, that'd be so hard. Be you fun. know, we've tried to play recently, but I just don't know the rules. Yeah. concretely enough for us to all enjoy it, you know? Like, we all have different memories of when we did play Foursquare. Right. And there are some things that we can't explain that we did do, but we don't know the rules of why we did that. I feel like that's every game. Like, I <laughs> recently was in Florida, and we tried to play Monopoly. Oh. And, like, I was the worst Monopoly player that has ever existed. Because, like, they would say a rule, and I'm just like, what? And then they'd be like, you're $10,000 in debt. <laughs> I'm like, all right. <laughs> You land on, like, park and, like, don't buy it. There you we don't buy a park? Is that the blue one? I didn't even know there was a park. You claim when you land on free parking. I'm thinking oh, of, like, the park prop- place. Yeah, park place, like, the property. Got it. Got it. Got Isn't it. that, like, the blue one? Like, that really expensive That's one, one of the blue ones. Yeah. yeah. Boardwalk. Yeah, boardwalk. And is it Pike or is it Park? I'm going to assume it's not Pike. I played a fishing version. It was definitely Pike. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> it was, it's probably Park. <laughs> How many Monopoly boards do you think are sold nowadays? Because I haven't seen a new board being bought. I've seen new ones in the stores. I haven't seen anyone like, guess what I just got, guys? I feel like it's a collector's thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know, dude. When Fortnite was popping off, I saw a Fortnite Monopoly board. I guarantee. No, that makes sense. People are buying that. I have the Bojack Horseman Monopoly board. But do the people who watch BoJack Horseman and play Fortnite also play Monopoly? I don't Oh, I've never played so. it. I've yeah. never played it. I love, I love Monopoly. I but don't. I have it. it. just It's just an investment of time. I've always had to play with people older than me, yeah. and they've always just known more, period. And it's made the game not fun to always lose. Yeah. Hot take board games are just bad. Like, I just don't like board any. I've never played a board game I like. Very hot take. Like, whatsoever. Uno. Card Not game. a board game. Not board game, right? Card okay. game, yeah. But, like, even uh, Sellers of Catan. Don't go naming board games that you just come up with. What? Yeah, That's, like, the no, best-selling board game of all time. I've never heard of that in my entire life. It is the best-selling board game of all time. What happened to Monopoly? It, no, it is has sold way, way more. I'll show you a picture, and you'll know what it what is. What about, like, Shoots and Ladders? Ooh, Candyland. Candyland. Like, there's so many like Yahtzee. better ones than one that you just said. No <laughs> you've idea. seen the picture of Yahtzee's it. I promise you've seen the picture of it. <laughs> is Yahtzee a board game? This game? You roll dice onto a board? But not a board. It's just like a table. I don't know what yeah. Yahtzee is. I just know there's oh, dice in the box. Yeah, yeah you've seen this box. I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen that. That looks... It's like hard. a pack of raisins tastes. <laughs> that is so accurate. <laughs> that is like, without the visualization, that's just like. <laughs> so oh I, I guess God. now we don't need to explain the rules. You've all got the idea. Yeah, everybody agreed. It's pack fine. Everybody agreed. Pack of raisins. 
But that game is like, like the people I play with, they're like, oh, it's best selling game. Like it's mm-hmm. so much fun. And after like five minutes, I was like, I would literally rather be in class than playing this <laughs> game right now. Like that's how bad it was. Jeez. But I've never played like Life, like the game of Life. Life's not I fun. I've never played Life either. I've played it on, I think it was like Xbox Live. I was so on like the, the indie store. Ones? Yeah. Mm. And I was like, oh, this will be cool because I don't want to like buy the board. Now I can drive the car and it's awful. Really? It doesn't get better. It. I don't think it was good. What about Clue? Or Mafia. I love Clue. I've never played either of those on a board. Really? But they're board games. Yeah. my. I mean, I played it this winter, like, when I was at, at home for Christmas break and yeah. stuff. Like, my family loves it. We play it all the time. How many players is it? It's, uh... Like, four to... It's, yeah, it's like four to eight, I want to say. Okay. I think there's, I think there's eight character slots. Mm-hmm. But I've never played it with that many. Yeah. I might be lying. There might be only, like, six character slots. I don't okay. know. You know, there's a very similar game that and i can't elaborate on this because i don't know more but it deals with like werewolves and vampires oh my god i have played that <laughs> i don't know what it's called but is that the one where you is that the one where you guess who the werewolf is i'm gonna assume okay yeah i have played <laughs> that actually that one is like really really interesting it's popular you know i was at a game store two years ago like where they sell board games and stuff can't believe they're in business. <laughs> but, game. yeah, that's what I saw. And the guy was talking it up. Because I've played this game called Bang. And it's the Spanish Wild West game. And oh. you have a role. And you play cards to shoot. And cards to drink beer. And, mm-hmm. and that's fun. But he gave me that as an alternative. And I kindly rejected it. What's your guys' favorite, like, type of drinking stuff? game? Drinking game. Drinking game. Yeah. Birthdays. What's different? Explain, okay. No, I was just <laughs> explain. You just drink as many shots as you are. Oh, on oh. your birthday. That's just the game. I've never, I've never. That's a good game. Um, this one is also like basically not a game. It's just drinking, but uh, pyramids. <laughs> you played that? No. It's like poker cards. And it's like five, four, three, two, one. Like going up like a pyramid. Uh-huh. Each person gets ten cards. Are they face down or face up? They're face down. Okay. Each person gets 10 cards. For every card that is pulled up on the bottom row, one shot, and then it goes up, two shots. Oh, so if you pull a queen shots. on the bottom row, you have to drink that one shot if you have a queen in your hand. Yeah, if you have a matching card, mm. you have to take a shot for each card that you have. Oh, that's And it fun. goes one shot, next row, two shots, two shots. So theoretically, if you had every card, you could take 20, 21 shots in the first round. Great game. Okay. <laughs> Kingdom's Cup is another, I feel like, Popular. underplayed fun one. Yeah. It's just like a lot of work yeah. to yeah. get organized it's, and play. It's like playing Monopoly. Like, Funny you gotta, like, drink. get set and, like, yeah. you have to, like, sit down and, like, Oh, skip you, though. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, there's also, like, so many things you have to memorize. And, like, I'm, like, I'm drunk. I'm not gonna memorize that. Yeah. I don't know. I, like, really enjoy just, like, the fun aspect of, like, Rage Cage. Yeah. Just so it's like easy. You just like bounce bounce it, shit. Rage Cage one of those games is great, but I, I, I never want to play it like in my apartment because it gets like so messy. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's like you never want to play it like in your house. Yeah. It's like well we can play it outside. <laughs> like never like Yeah. It's just so messy. Have you guys ever played Dive? That's what I was gonna ask. I've never played Dive before. No. Explain. It's like hard. It's so <laughs> It looks hard. You I mean like we live on a college campus, you've probably seen die tables around. They're like the painted ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You play with dice. Or die, I guess. 
and you played one. Yeah, yes. yeah, okay. you played one, but you're playing teams of two. Got it. And you're trying to throw the die up in the air, and it has to. You're like eyeballing it, but the idea is it's supposed to go ten feet in the air uh-huh. and land on the other person's side of the table. On the table. Yeah, and not roll off the table. Ooh. Basically, and you're trying to do that a certain amount of times. So it doesn't uh-huh. even need to land on something in particular. The other person is trying to catch it off the table or catch it in the air. And I think it's like first of five or six or something. But um, on the corner of the table are full pints of beer. And whichever team loses, you have to chug your pint. And while you're chugging your pint, the other person is trying to roll the die again. Like five times over to get five more points. Isn't it like, can't you throw the dice into the pint and it do something? But I've seen people... Yeah, but, like, you have to be so good. Yeah, if you throw it into the pine, you automatically win. But, like, it's like a solo cup. Yeah. And it's like a die. Wow. <laughs> so like, yeah. But you automatically win. I've played it... Never mind. It doesn't matter if I played it. I have played it <laughs> for, like, hours, and nobody's ever, like, won that way. But so you, you don't really win. drink in that game. And then you drink a lot, right? Yeah, it's only if you lose that oh. you drink. But like a pint of beer, like you you lose like one time, and, and you're, you're like done. we've lost, yeah, <laughs> like we have lost. You haven't lost the battle. You've lost the war. Yeah, <laughs> the next round is gonna be like insane. <laughs> so, the first time I played Rage Cage, I got the I got the cup. The cup. I got the cup. Oh god! And um, that was probably the m- most drunk I've ever been, and most hungover the next day. Mm. Hawaii was a close second. Hawaii will always be a close second. Hawaii was a close second. I feel like a lot of people have bad memory of Hawaii. For everyone <laughs> except me and Anish, it'll just be like a very close first. <laughs> it'll I just a, be like a first. I had yeah. a great time in Hawaii. That night was just a little rough. Which night is the, like why it's going to be a second? Yeah, there's some interesting things that happened that night we won't get into. For like everyone, for yeah, like a close first. Yeah, that was just a solid trip overall. Do you think it's better to take longer trips to feel like you are living in the area and get exposed to foreign places, or to take shorter trips within like within the span of a week, or we'll say fifteen days, one week or two weeks? I would say shorter. Then why? Um, I guess it depends. Like, I don't know, I think Hawaii, when we went to Hawaii, it was a good, um, it was good for, like, a week, mm-hmm. because we got to see everything that we wanted to see, Yeah. and it didn't, like, there was never a part where I was just, like, bored, or, yeah. like, not having fun, and I think if mm-hmm. I was over there for that many times a day, I'd just, like, wait one day, I'd just wake up, and, like, we wouldn't do anything, and we yeah. just, like, chilling, which is cool. We yeah. did chill a day or two, but at that what point are you just, like, there? Mm-hmm. And not, I get, like, I get, vacation. like, homesick after about a week and a half of being anywhere. Not even, like, a home. It's, like, I get personal, like, space, personal bed sick. You know, if I want to spend a whole day sleeping, mm-hmm. I, I want that right. And when I'm out somewhere, I feel like... This is the anxious. nicest way ever of saying you want to be alone after, like, seven days. Actually, does this, like, come back to, like, a love? Like, when you're homesick, are you feeling love for... Like, your home or your family or your bed? I think you're well, just pissed off. So, I define love as a thing that satisfies longing. It's, like, something I've been thinking about recently. And so, in that sense, 
I would say it does satisfy that criteria of love. Yeah. So it all it's already there then because it's a longing. You're missing it already. Exactly. Interesting. I I agree. I was thinking about that earlier today. I don't know why something came up. I don't know if I was listening to a song or something. I don't know if I want to get into songs, but um, it says something about being like homesick, and I was like thinking about how that has to relate to like wanting something mm-hmm. and does it relate to love does it yeah. relate to you're talking about how there's multiple like versions of love exactly yeah that's could be that's one of them I different think so. desires different yeah. longings hmm i suppose well i mean i don't i to me like the way you're explaining it it's like longing insinuates that like when you were born there's something that you're like missing without love. Are you missing? It's love? a conscious. You're aware of what you're longing for. Maybe you can't verbalize it, but it's not like you're born without something. That's not what I meant. I meant like you're away from home, and there's so many things you're like, "Wow, I wish I had this," and then you go home and you're like, "Hey, I have it." You know, I feel like the same thing. In a partner, there's a longing for certain things in a person, mm-hmm. and the person that does fulfill that is someone you could say that you love. That's why, like in friendships, there are certain things you look for in friends, and you love your friends, you love your family when they hit the mark. Mm-hmm. Bad way to say that. <laughs> when they hit the mark. Like, all right, listen up. You're not hitting your mark this week. <laughs> Please leave. <laughs> Never come back. It's like, why did you come to Thanksgiving? You didn't hit the mark. You... <laughs> Listen, Grandma, you did not hit the mark. I only got... It was my birthday, yeah. and you only sent one envelope. Yeah. Been disappointed with the performance recently. Normally, you send a paragraph of words saying how much you love me, and this week you only did two sentences. There will be a board review. I am pissed. <laughs> I don't know. Are you... So, you're, I mean, like, in that situation, are you not longing for the person? You're just longing for something about the person that makes you feel better? What is a person if not their components? still a person a a living creature i mean <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if you really meant <laughs> like i don't know i i feel like it can be like compassion or a combination of things that work i feel like if you're if you love something you don't really you can acknowledge that there is more mm-hmm. but you don't long for it Interesting. And I think that's where there's the difference between love and just, like, desire. What's the difference in love between a friend and, like, a romantic love? Things for you long for. Okay. So just you're just saying they're different. They gotta hit the mark. Yeah, there's different they marks. They gotta hit the mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, like, if I text my friend... And I'm like, hey, you want to hang out? And they're like, yeah, I'm busy. I don't really care. You know, that's not like, oh, you need to be there. That's also not something like in a relationship, you know. But if I'm like wanting to just spend time with someone, that is like something you look for, you know, that you're longing for. Maybe in the moment, but it doesn't have to be. Okay, so you're saying general. Yeah. I feel like a big component of of like that is just like the factor of intimacy is like the major like separating factor between the love of friendships and yeah like romantic 
like the small things like that mm-hmm. like something that is so interesting to me about like human beings is that one of the first things we associate with like being in love with someone is like oh you're meeting my relatives yeah like that's just so that's weird it's so intrusive but we don't think about it as intrusive we're what? like Oh, we just met. Do you want to meet the person who raised me in the house I was born in? I think the idea is that you're meeting the people who will be our relatives. And I hate, like... I didn't like those words. Well, yeah, I did not like those words. Okay, as the good... Uh, what's his name? The guy in the Fast and Furious series. Abraham. Dom. Dom. <laughs> no, he talks about family. I haven't seen those memes everywhere. But I think it's like... When it comes to a romantic, I don't know if it's necessarily meaning the people that like will be our people. Mm-hmm. I think it's like these are the people that I trust the most for most families, right? I'm not talking to everybody. Some people don't have like a relationship like that with their families, but like these are the people who I've trusted my whole life who have raised me. Like these are probably the most important people. So you're giving like that honor to like them Mm -hmm. maybe. I, I don't know. I could see it in that way too. And there's something I've noticed and I want to know if you agree or if you've seen differently. But I think the more romantically invested and interested you are, the more of a romantic relationship it is, the more specific those things that you long for are. And I guess the easiest way to put that is, like, the easiest example would be, like, you don't really care if you don't see your friends every day, week, or month. You know, you can pick it back up and go from there. But with the person you're intimate with, you long for now that daily thing or you long for their comfort while watching season three episode four of your favorite tv show for the seventh time you know there mm. it becomes more specific as you get like as you start establishing that you'll be with this person forever or longer mm. You know, because I think our friends, we want to be nice people. You know, our close friends, we want to be nice and to have a lot in common or interesting things to say, you know? Mm -hmm. And then you can keep going as you get closer to those people Mm -hmm. with more specific things you look for. It's so interesting, the idea of, like, because, like, that's, like, a compartment... Compartmentalization. Compartmentalization. Yeah. So what... Because, like, I do think people think about <laughs> other people like that. What, like, what is the first thing you guys look for in, like, a romantic partner? Our guest will go first. Um, first thing I look for in a romantic partner. Are you talking, like, are you saying, like, I don't know what you're really asking. Just, like, the first thing that trait matters to you yeah like not not like in looks just like a a character trait that is like super important actually yes Um, thank you for sharing (laughs) (laughs) yeah so denation okay is there a trait yes there is yes there is (laughs) no it's actually um the way they talk and i'm not talking like voice or anything like that um i feel like a lot of days or a lot of like times now like in our generation we talk a lot on the phone people like texting and stuff and like i've really found recently that like most people like it's so hard to like show emotion or to show Mm -hmm. how you think over text Mm -hmm. basically and it gets boring really fast so so i think like something i look for is somebody that like 
can not only keep a conversation going, but can also add like value to it and like can be motion and stuff like that. And this isn't like exclusively in person now. You're talking about just communication in general. In general, especially okay. in texting, because. And what do you think of grammar as one of those criteria? Does is that like something that you pay attention to? Does it subconsciously, consciously, you know, affect you? Yes, I think. I mean, I'm, it's not something I'm looking for, but if I'm, like, texting somebody that says, like, how are you, and then I'm texting somebody that says how the letter R and the letter U, I might think, like, a little differently. Like, <laughs> subconsciously, though, you know what I mean? Subconsciously, consciously. Yeah, like, I'm not looking for it, but I think I might think a little differently yeah. if I got, like, those two different text messages mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. something. I think grammar's a big thing for me. Yeah, definitely. I don't know... I, like, actively recognize that it doesn't equate to intelligence, Mm -hmm. but I don't like it. I just, I don't have an explanation for why, really. (laughs) I just would much rather whole words than abbreviations. You think, like, maybe a maturity aspect? Um, not, I would say so, Mm -hmm. but I know that the generation above me and the one below me text very similarly. Yeah. So I'm not, I wouldn't put maturity. I feel like it shows like a lack of interest in the conversation. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's, yeah, Yeah. that definitely feels right. It's like, I didn't even have enough interest to spell this word out while typing it. Yeah. Well, and what words, what kind of conversations can you have? When you're using... Just letters. Like, not even words. Yeah. Just, like, single letters. Eight today? Yeah. <laughs> not, not in the mood. Want to go skate? SK8? Skate mate? Yeah. Dang, if someone not- messaged me that, marriage on the spot. Wow. That's it. That's your trait. That's my trait. That's your trait. I understand. Anyways. I don't know, I've been... I was, like... <laughs> I guess I was talking... I was been talking to somebody recently, and... Um, one of the first things that caught my attention is like the way they like text mm-hmm. and they like send a lot of like all cap stuff, which is like <laughs> whole words or yeah, sometimes first letters, but not first no, letters, right? whole words. <laughs> okay. But it's like stuff that makes sense being like almost yelled at. Like, okay. Yeah. Feeling like excitement oh, and stuff like that. Yeah. Like it's not like they're just sitting there. It's like, how hard? Like, no, that's yeah. not. But, you want to like, get it, breakfast. Yeah. But it like comes in times where like that like emotion was necessary yeah and like that was like the first thing that like drew my attention mm-hmm. to that person and i like that was like i was like why did it? it's like oh okay mm-hmm. interesting so i think that's pretty cool interesting i also do the thing where i write one letter capital one letter lowercase one letter capital i hate you but that is to show like how like bad an idea was like making fun of somebody you know? type, like a friend it's or like something like the spongebob meme like, yeah that's literally that's what is. i think of the spongebob meme yeah <laughs> wait so is that your answer as well grammar like that's not the first thing i look at i feel like i always know the people before i message them anyway mm. you know they're very rarely do i have text conversations before multiple like in-person conversations mm. but you know where that's a problem at online dating i'm not doing that yeah it's not a problem <laughs> dude but that i understand yeah, yeah that like tinder bumble okay. all that stuff is just like 
hey. Good so, and you. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> you're just like, okay. <laughs> so I used to run cross country, right? And one of the things that, like, were the biggest pet peeves for everyone during races was that I can talk while I run without it being a big problem. So I would talk, but during practice I would also talk, too. And my team, in order to, like, pass the hours of running would try to have interesting conversations. So one of them, I told them, what if everyone lived in isolation? You only lived with your parents and close family. You're able to communicate with others. You can see a profile picture and messages only, no audio. Once you hit 500 messages back and forth, you're considered friends. If you hit 10,000, you're considered best friends. Once you hit a hundred thousand messages you're allowed to meet in person what kind of like interactions do you think people would have at that point you know would someone who's not actually like truly invested be able to like be there for a hundred thousand messages you know no one would i'm be telling there. you right now i would not have met a single person okay so time. i should have just <laughs> lowered the scale I that's like not the point no one would have met ever again <laughs> I actually exterminated the human race. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. but you get the idea. So, you know, with that, like, idea, like, principle in mind, if those are the rules, do you think, how do you think relationships would change? I think dating apps just wouldn't exist if that was the... They wouldn't. Because, like, Tinder, like, people exchange, like, seven, like... Letters. Letters. And they're like, <laughs> what are you doing tonight? Like, yeah. that's it. Like I like we I said jokingly, but it's like how are you good and you, and then it's just like like W Y D like what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like literally ninety percent of the conversations happen that yeah. way, and they're not even conversations. It's just good <laughs> and you again. It just like keeps repeating. It's like I'm making sure we speak the same language before we have sex. Like it's <laughs> yeah. not like yeah. It's like how are you? It's like I don't know. You asked me fifteen minutes ago, but I am still on that episode of BoJack Horseman. I have not like. I'm still on it. It just doesn't work. Yeah. I feel like it'd be weird if you... Okay, let's say it is like 100,000 texts. Okay. That's going to take a long time. You know time. what? Let's put it to 10,000 and you can meet. Okay. So, you know, there is an app where you only have an hour to talk to the person after you um, matched. Or like you only have an hour of messaging. That scares me because of... Like that's like a game where you can just try to play it right because you only have an hour and try to convince someone... That sounds much yeah, that more sounds dangerous. Dangerous. That's like a saw game. Like I'm pretty sure there's, there's gonna be like, do you want to play a game? You as have you one meet, hour and then... to make this person like fall in love with you. Well, the idea oh, is that like it's not wasting somebody's time. Yeah. I guess so. It's not like like you just have the hour. I guess, but it's cool. Yeah, but it's got its issues. So what were, what were we saying about if that was how it works? Try. Um, if that's how it works, I think that it's, I mean, you can already see it happening in the younger generation today. Like people, more conversations are happening like over the internet and social media. Mm -hmm. That when it gets in person, sometimes they have harder times communicating mm -hmm. in person. Cause like, because now you got body language. Now yeah. there's so many more like things that are getting introduced into the conversation mm -hmm. that people won't pick up on. Imagine like meeting people, like let's say like you're interested in them, like you like them. Like how would that like first interaction go you go to shake hands and they just stare at you yeah and there's good wbu oh geez <laughs> like would they talk like that like 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So how important is body language? Oh, I think it's probably one of the most important things in conversation. I really do. Interesting. I I think that's how I show a lot of my, like, interest and emotion. And I I agree with you there. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm, I don't know. Maybe not one of the most important, but it's definitely an important thing to me. What do you think is most important? I haven't thought about it. Okay. <laughs> I haven't thought about it. I feel like tone is super important because I feel like it, a lot of people are find it very hard to change their tone when mm. it's like reactionary conversation. That's true. It's like when you receive birthday presents and you just don't know how to feel excitement. You're like, Thanks. oh, socks. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. I, I'll wear them. These will <laughs> go on my feet. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, how great. <laughs> Grandma, you're just not gonna make it. So yeah, this, this you year off the bars. I'm telling yeah. you, dude. Body language. Thanks, Grandma. <laughs> Thanks for the socks. Body language. I'm so happy. If you, the more you move, the better. <laughs> That's the rule. <laughs> when meeting someone, the more you. Thanks, move. Grandma. <laughs> the more you. Move, the All right, that's that's a, as good a place as any. Oh yeah, I feel like to cut it right there. Yeah, well, a word thank you, Chad. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I had a blast. Anytime. And we'll see you sometime. Yeah. <laughs> All right.